And so I want to get you to a place that, you know, when love knocks on the door of your heart, fear won't cause fear to act like you're not home. You see what I'm saying? So oftentimes the greatest repercussion or consequence of making decisions prematurely is fear. I'm scared to feel that pain again. I will not feel that pain again. And so that really also causes people to alter their personality. Well, I'm an introvert. No, you're into hurt. Because that, that wasn't who you were until you started dating him, her. And so really discovering you again. That's, that's the process that I've discovered. Getting people to get that you back. Because it's possible, bro, for you to become a you that you have never yes. been created to be. Yes. That's not you. Yeah. You don't laugh as much. You used to be so Well, my ex called me goofy. Okay, that's your personality <laughs> that God gave you. Yeah. So you changed because of a counterfeit? Yeah. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So now we have people walking around who are trying to become who their ex told them they should be, and they lost who they really were, which makes it hard for them to be discovered by what's really theirs. Oh, God, dog. I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world. I thank you for using him to reach the world with a message of hope in relationships. But your life does not. God, you are my publicist. We laugh. <laughs> we share the unadulterated truth. He said, not only have I not divorced you, I ain't exposed you. Oh. We didn't marry fans, we married forever. And we wanted forever to act like a fan. Reveal her, Jesus. I will not compromise mm -mm. on getting a woman of God. You don't have to. And Father, I declare for his future wifey, thank you for preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. Mm. It's a Hebrew word, hayil, and it was translated wealth. And it means people, it means men, it means resources, and it means means. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Come on, we're in season six. Are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, man. Can Just go ahead and make a commitment. Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. Man, it's getting good. Uh, this brother, I know all y'all been hitting me up, was like, what happened to him? He was supposed to be on last season. Well, you know, God and his divinity uh, always, they say that he may not come when you want him, but he'll come right on time. Well, that's what this brother did. So uh, without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My new homie, Jerry Flowers. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Thanks man, for having me, brother. say listen. Now, I've been wanting you on this podcast uh, for about a year. I've just been watching. Been watching you over the year, yeah. about a year, and I've been watching your content. Every time you drop something, it's going viral like crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why do you think people are resonating with your content like this? Um, <clears throat> I think it is uh, a famine of truth. Yes. Same thing we were talking about in the car, man. I right. think it's a famine of truth, and um, people are tired of being lied to. So I really, really strive to give a practical um, seasoned with the spiritual perspective, uh, reason or why I think a lot of people are suffering and going through the things that they're going through. So, God does the rest, man. Truly does. Well, are you surprised by it? Because because I'll I'll look on your page, two hundred some thousand million views, five hundred. That just it's yeah. just it's just crazy. And yeah. as a pastor, um, it's like to to create content 
that crosses over different platforms has to be like, okay, wow. Like I wish I could have a 200,000 people in in the church one day, (laughs) you know, uh, that's a multi, multi, mega, 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 mega ministry, but God has been using, uh, social media to, to reach people. So how do you feel about that? It's going to surprise you what I'm going to say. Um, I don't measure my impact on numerical data. I don't. I think that the cancer of analytics and numerical data is your question, your effectiveness due to a number. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes it's just being faithful where you are. And I think that's the hardest thing for people who do have giftedness and their insecurity is heightened so much that not enough views, not enough enough, uh, subscribers or people watching. Just keep killing it where you are. Hmm. Be faithful where you are. You never know when due season is. You know that winter's coming because it's starting to get cold outside. But you don't know when your due season's due. You don't. So it's just posting, perfecting the craft, seeking God to give me content, repeat, and just constantly push upload. So whoever is a um, inspiring like influencer, yeah. keep pressing upload. There it is. Yeah. So yeah, the rest belongs to God. I'm well, not about to stress myself out over how many people I could reach and how many people I can't reach. Just keep pushing. Well, Jerry, I got you on here for a personal assignment of mine. You know, my podcast is my personal journey as I discover, uncover, and recover love. And so people don't know, but I choose guests based on my past, my present, or my future. And um, because this is like my online diary. And so as these winter months approach, and as it gets cold out here, <laughs> old cuffing season gets real. And that's always my weakness because I'm going to try to find me a little cuddle buddy or something to get me to the mm. springtime. And yeah. so I said, you know what, Jesus? I don't want to fall victim to that uh, yeah. this season because I feel like I'm prolonging my wife. A uh, guy has me on a, on, on a unique assignment, and he said, LaTerris, if you keep doing the same thing you've always done, I'm not going to bless you uh, with the person that I uh, have for you. Now, specifically, Hmm. it's because when I was married before, I mismanaged that marriage. Uh, I cheated on my wife uh, multiple times. And God said, I have to kill that Goliath. And so uh, in order for me to to take on the wife that that he has, this beautiful woman that he's designed for me and purpose, that I have to at least kill that Goliath finally. And so I have you on here, Jerry, to to speak to your boy, to minister to your boy, and everybody else to get blessed by the overflow. But uh, you're in a series about cuffing season. Yes. And so when I say cuffing season, a lot of people don't know that that's a real thing. It's not just some hood vernacular. It's actually a real thing. And so explain to people what cuffing season is. Uh, If you research it, I believe it starts from... September the 23rd all the way to February the 15th, like right right after Valentine's Valentine's Day. Day. So it's a season where people feel as though it's cold outside. I have to find, you know, somebody to snuggle up with. Uh, To me, it's the most cancerous and toxic thing you could ever do. Like, why would you allow a season to cost for you to create one? <laughs> so, hold on, 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 hold on. <laughs> Why would you cause a season, season yeah. to cause you to create one? So now you're in recovery season. Mm. Now you're in healing season. Because in the cold season, you wanted somebody to keep you warm. But when it got warm again, you're struggling because of the season of cold. So I just don't understand the logic of let me pick somebody right now due to the weather. Like just because the weather is changing doesn't mean that you heal that you're healed. Turn up the heat, drink some hot cocoa, read Proverbs. You know, <laughs> it's, like it's not going to change. But serious, all seriousness, um, 
I think the worst thing that you could ever do is be pressured into making a decision that you're not adequately prepared for. Um, so I, I really strive to get people to recognize that marriage takes work and a relationship is the fastest way to impact your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual health. And you have to view it like that. You have to really view it like that. Like attention is currency. That's why it's called pay attention. So a lot of times we're paying because of things that we gave our attention to that wasn't worth it. So that's kind of... So you just you just you just coming just coming for the juggler just right up the top. You're supposed <laughs> to ease into it. You just you just coming in just because I have to deal with the residue of unwise decisions. My life calling is to help people grow, um, to help people mature, and so for me to not tell people the truth uh, really is more work for myself. Did you know that the Dear Future Wifey podcast is number one in Jamaica? But guess what? We are going to go to Montego Bay, May the 4th through the 7th. We have teamed up with I Can't Wait to Travel. And we've put together this beautiful event. We've curated this amazing excursion. Uh, Let me me just be honest with y'all real quick. I don't take vacations. I haven't taken a vacation in four years. Pretty sad. Listen, don't feel sorry for me. Because when I'm out there in Mo Bay, we're going to have some fun. So you got to say Mo Bay to make it seem like you know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? You got to say Mo Bay. So we're going to be in Mo Bay having a great time. We're going to have great excursions. We're going to do a live podcast recording. You know what? Let me just put this in the atmosphere. Because this season is about miracles and manifestations. It's my goal to interview the prime minister and his wife on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Now, how awesome would that be? Yeah, yeah. So if y'all know somebody... They know somebody that knows somebody, let them know that I want him to be on the podcast. It's only $100 to reserve your spot. So go ahead and reserve your spot so they don't fill up and you're watching us on the gram wishing that you were there. Go to ICan'tWaitToTravel.com. That's ICWTT.com. ICWTT.com. Click under Group Travel and you'll see us as the first getaway in the month of May. Join us at Mobay, May the 4th through the 7th. Listen, I can't wait to see you there. We're going to have an amazing time. So what do you say yeah. when people say this? Because I'm one of those people that would say this oftentimes. I mean, you're a pastor. You got your, you got your little snuggle buddy. Yeah. You know, you got your wife. Yeah. Uh, and shout out to her. Y'all Y'all got a baby coming. Yes, sir. And uh, so you got that. And, and clearly that since you have a baby coming, then you, you're over there putting in work. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, how you going to sit here and tell me, you know, to, 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 to be faithful and, 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 and put my hormones in check while yeah. you got somebody to go cuddle up to? Well, if you're taking a class, would you rather – have a study buddy be somebody who already passed the class or somebody who's taking it with you. <laughs> I was single before too. You know, I struggled too. I had horny nights too. You know, I had to heal from pornography too. I had to overcome masturbation too. I had to cleanse my mind too. So marriage is not an upgrade, nor does it cure lust. If marriage cured lust, adultery wouldn't it. exist. Talk about it. So there's a level of self-control that I had to practice. I'm just telling you what helped me. <laughs> Bible study was great, but when your flesh is on fire, I need more than scriptures. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Don't just tell me, well, in, in Proverbs and John, okay, I need more. So I had to have community. I had to have people I can call. I had to go to the gym to tire myself out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I've been there, and yeah. that's why I feel like I can relate, because I'm not speaking to you from a level that I have not suffered. So, so when yeah. you're counseling people, so you— 
So when you talk about the effects of a season taking you into other different seasons, seasons of healing now because of some of these uh, soul ties that we've created, um, what are some of the things that you've seen as an effect of that? Um, I'm talking about like real life, uh, you journeying with these individuals through certain things. And are they that transparent to say, man, listen, Last year, I, hey, I went to this football game, met somebody, and we had a one-night stand, and this what happened or what? What, yeah. what? what type of testimonies have you heard from that? Um, So the more transparent and the more honest a person is, the better they can start their journey of healing. Uh, so the number one thing that I've discovered when I'm counseling somebody who's gone through that, the toll of making a choice in a season is your mind. That overthinking, now it's like the paranoia of they're going to hurt me too. They're going to hurt me too. I can't trust people. I can't trust people. And so I want to get you to a place that, you know, when love knocks on the door of your heart, fear won't cause for you to act like you're not home. You see what I'm saying? So oftentimes the greatest repercussion or consequence of making decisions prematurely is fear. I'm scared to feel that pain again. I will not feel that pain again. And so that really also causes people to alter their personality. Well, I'm an introvert. No, you're into hurt. Because that that wasn't who you were until you started dating him, her. And so really discovering you again, that's, that's the process that I've discovered, getting people to get that you back. Because it's possible, bro, for you to become a you that you have never yes. been created to be. Yes. That's not you. Yeah. You don't laugh as much. You used to be so sick. Well, my ex called me goofy. Okay, that's your personality <laughs> that God gave you. Yeah. So you changed because of a counterfeit? Yeah. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So now we have people walking around who are trying to become who their ex told them they should be, and they lost who they really were, which makes it hard for them to be discovered by what's really theirs. Oh, God, dog. See what Ooh, I'm saying? Lord Jesus. You started it, bro. No, 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 <laughs> You can no, only no, no. be discovered by what God is going to send you when you are your authentic self. And wrong relationships cause you to become a person that you are not cosmically created to be. Maybe that's why it's taken so long. You're still what your ex told you you were. Mm. Versus who God says that you are. So that's that healing. Getting back to that original you. When I say you put language behind what I always tell people, the model of this, um, the mantra of this podcast is living. I say we're going to keep it lit. We're going to live intentionally and transparently. And so to actually live like that where you are living your authentic self and you show up authentically in every season, every relationship, on your job, which in your family, in in romantic relationships, with your kids, that you are consistent with who you are uh, and you're authentically who you are. And that's where that's what will draw people because I always say, uh, you hear the whole saying, one person's trash is another person's treasure. And what that means is that somebody, when you showed up as you, like you said, someone else is like, oh man, you this, you that, you whatever, and then you begin to shrink, and then the other person be like, I like the fact that you're a little giddy. I like the fact that you act like this. I like the fact that you're real talkative. I like this thing. And, um, And that's the that's the that's the struggle because we've been told so often what we shouldn't be that we forget who we're supposed to be. So it may sound like a comedic example, but it's a true story, man. This lady ordered a product from us, and she emailed us maybe three weeks later. Hey, I never got my product. And so I'm checking with the team, like, hey, why didn't she get her, you know, what's her tracking number? And then she responded back, 
oh, I forgot to put my new address. I moved. Right. And, you know, sometimes when people order stuff, you want to respond. But, I, you know, it's OK. What's the new address? You know, um, but to me, that like preached. Talk about what it. are you supposed to receive that you're not receiving because you allow somebody to move your personality? Because the address that God is going to send it is where the authentic self is. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So Jerry operates with this, this concept. There's an audience that God wants me to reach. And people who do not um, receive me, they're not my audience. It's that simple. That simple. It's, but it took time for me to get there. Yes. It took time for me to get there to recognize if they don't like me, that's not my problem. And I don't have to try to change their perspective of me so that I could get them to see I'm not what you think I am. That's too exhausting. So everybody, even in this room, everybody has a different perspective of me. You know how exhausting it would be for me to try to get everybody to agree with the same perspective that I want them to have? And I think that's what dating wrong people does. It causes for you to have a perspective of yourself that's catered to each ex. Mm. They mm. like this, she like that. But there's somebody that, you know, God has for you that's your original, authentic self. So, Do you believe that people have one person? Like a one? Yeah, to say that, you know, you have your soulmate out there. I don't believe in a one. First, it's mathematically impossible. There's more women in the world than men. <laughs> so from see. a mathematical standpoint, it's impossible. Second, if there was a one. I mean, it's not impossible if you believe in polyamorous relationships. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, put it like this. If there was a one, that's a lot of pressure because. Exactly. I married Tanisha, but let's just say I was supposed to marry Stacy. Yeah. I just threw off the whole romantic balance of the world. By yourself. <laughs> For real. By yourself. So we having wrong babies. Our wrong babies going to marry wrong babies because they were all supposed to be with Stacy, not Tanisha. It's too much weight. I feel like it's more of a will. Yes. It's more of a will and more of an Me assignment. Uh, what is the, who is the person that best complements the calling of the assignment on my life? And so I don't think that's just a one. Say that one more time. Who is the? I don't even know what I said, bro. I'm just flowing. You was talking about the you 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 you, you talked about purpose. I always yeah. talk about that, saying I don't want a wife. I want somebody that will best fulfill the the assignment that's over my life. Is what right. you said. Yeah. And it's literally saying that this is what I believe God placed me on this earth to accomplish. Yeah. Who's my best teammate to achieve that goal? Yeah. If you don't, because if you don't know what you're supposed to do, you won't know who to take with you. You won't. Like if, if a wife is a helper, right? She's, God's like, okay, bro, you need help. It's not good for a man to be alone. So what is woman? The good. Yes. You see what I'm saying? So this means if I don't know what I'm doing, I won't be able to pick who's the most appropriate and accurate individual that could help. Because I don't know what I need help in. Mm. So that assignment is critical. Mm. So. Mm. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Jesus. So do you find, how often do you find people that are married and they're seeking counseling from you and you automatically see a misalignment? Uh, more than I see alignment. There it is. More than, And what it is for most, uh, first, a lot of people don't know. Yeah. You know, so we, we have to understand that a lot of awareness of purpose and, and calling People didn't consider that. They just considered cuffing season. Yep. Um, but this is the greatest thing, man, I, I'm discovering. Uh, and I really learned this two years ago. Romance intoxicates discernment. 
It really does. And it causes for you to skip a huge part. Friends. Yes. Now, culture, that's bad. You yeah. friend zoned. Yes. You, you see what I'm saying? Yes. But no greater love than this than he who laid down his life for a friend. friend. You see? Yeah. I have more couples I counsel who are trying to be friends. Romance was there, but they're not friends. Become business partners. Share bills, bids, you know, property, but don't share purpose. Don't. Think about it. Your friends, you're less offended. Yes. <laughs> your friends say, hey, bro, your breath kind of... Yeah, he's like, all right, all right, dude. yeah, good looking out. <laughs> that romance is is making us miss red flags. It's making us overlook what we're supposed to do. It's making us overlook things that are unhealthy because you're so caught up with a feeling. Like big orgasms make you miss big red flags, and so I, I can't see that this is unhealthy because they make me feel so good. You see what I'm saying? And I firmly believe that the enemy ensures that sensuality to counterfeits is awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoever is not right for you, the sensuality would be perfect. <laughs> Why? So it could take decades for you to detox from it. So now you have sex expectations. What if I practice abstinence, get married, and sex sucks? So now what you're really asking is, what if God's way is really whack? <laughs> so all of that is tied into that, man. That, you know, I, I the cleansing, purging process, a lot of couples... When they hear content like this, it's going to take about three or four years for them to detox of everything that they thought so that you could become everything that you're supposed to be. What do you say to some of the couples that have practiced abstinence and did things the right way? They get married. They marry somebody that's asexual. They marry somebody that's uh, uh, closeted down low. And and they try to honor God, which was a a real situation where I was talking to some people and they was like, I tried to honor God. I did God the right, you know, I did things the right way. Got with a guy. And the reason why he was able to practice abstinence so well is because he really didn't like women. You know, it's like, God, no, throw a monkey wrench in the whole whole scheme of things with that. And so I was just like, well, that was was pretty bad. Like, 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 what do you say about that? Yeah, well... Sex healing is a, is a whole process. Yeah. I always go to the original agenda of what I think God's desire of it was. And I think we have to really know that the original design of sex from God was for sex to be a discovery, not an exhibit. Break it down. Okay. Make it plain. When it is an exhibit, I like this, do that, do this, turn me over like this, this, I like this, this, this. When it's a discovery, I don't know what I like. I don't know what feels good. Now, this is so countercultural. It is. Because it's like, nah, you gotta be experienced. Yes. But the original plan of God was for there to be ignorance. Why? Because the journey of learning how to please each other will strengthen intimacy in that area. Yes, it will. You see what I'm saying? Oh, you like that. Okay, I'm gonna do that again. Yeah. You don't like that? I'm not. But it's it's being counseled by perverted professors and trying to do things that is a God-ordained institution, is causing for people to not know how to please one another. So let's, 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 since you brought up, let's talk about masturbation for a second. Yeah, let's talk about So the guy who's like, I'm, I'm practicing abstinence, but I masturbate. Yeah. You're training yourself how to please you, right? So when you get with the woman, when you have been training your mind, please you. She doesn't like this, she doesn't like that. Now, uh, we don't have good sex. No, 
you have trained yourself how to please you. You see? I hear a lot about that with women, especially with all these new contraptions they got. Yeah. The rose, the the bullet, yeah. the, all that little stuff. Every uh, <laughs> Everything in the botanical gardens, they yeah. done made it a, a sex toy. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, it's like a man will never be able to lick you like a bullet does. It's, right. just, it's just not going to happen. Right. And so you have these unrealistic expectations because you created a, a device to pleasure you and make you orgasm in yeah. 2.3 seconds. Yeah. And then the man... And he trying his best. He about to throw his back out to try to compete with a toy. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's that's just absolutely crazy. Yeah. But but I always say. But then you hear people say, "Well, a woman needs to discover her body and she needs to know that." Especially in the in the state that people are marrying later. Yeah. So you have normally abstinence was intended for teenagers. You yeah. know these pinky promises and all that stuff. Those were yeah. teenagers, and hopefully, you know, back in our you know our parents' day and age, they were getting married fresh out of high school. Yeah. Now people are getting married at 30s and 40s. So yeah. what? They expected not to test themselves, have sex in all these years while yeah. they waiting on Jesus to bring them a, a man. And most men aren't seeking therapy to get healed. And yeah. so now they're not even in that space that you were talking about, knowing right. their purpose and their alignment to be able to choose the right person to do life with them. Right. And so now they're waiting patiently for these men to see them and discover them. And then and they like, you know what? While I'm waiting on that, I'm just going to discover myself. Yeah. Two roses, please. Please, one bullet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's and that's what's happening. So it's a it's a conundrum that's you know that's happening because a lot yeah. of people hear this and they be like, "What am I supposed to do all this time? I'm 40 years old and yeah. I'm I'm waiting on a man to get it right and come choose yeah. me." I mean, but at the end of the day, if you say, "What am I supposed to do? This is what I'm gonna do," it's gonna affect your marriage when you do get married because, like you said, he's yeah. never gonna be a bullet. No, he's never gonna be a rose. So by default. Already the sex will suck because this is this is what I've been doing to keep myself. This is what I've been doing to please myself. And we aren't a vibrator. Right. We're not. And really, so the, the thing that I've discovered with marriage is learning what we like. Yes. Together. Yes. And not projecting on the person, I like this, so you should. Yeah. So it's 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 man, it can get deep. Or so and so did this to me, and so my expectation the whole time I'm I'm uh, supposed to be making love to you. I'm thinking about because I'm gonna be honest with you. That's what messed me up in my in my previous marriage yeah. is because and my ex wife told me this one day. She said, "I think you have an unhealthy view of sex," and I was like, mm. "What's well, unhealthy? I just want to have sex." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's because she didn't have a lot of bodies when she came to the to the yeah. uh, the wedding bed. I did, and so subconsciously I'm like. Why does it take all that? Because what she literally wanted, and this is one of the things I talked about on my podcast, one day she was saying she brought home a feather. And I tell people about the feather story because God gave me a revelation about it this year. And I was like, gosh, I was so selfish in the bed. But Mm. she had this feather and she was like, hey, use this. And I was like, what am I going to do with a doggone feather? I ain't got time to be using the feather. Like, you always complicating this sexual experience. Yeah. But what she was trying to evoke in that moment is for me to take my time in this moment or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, so-and-so didn't need all that. And yeah. so-and-so I messed around didn't need all that. So yeah. why are you being so complicated? And yeah. even when I used the, the the feather rubbing her body with it, I did it so begrudgingly. There yeah. ain't no way that, you know, you can feel that energy. Like, he's yeah. just doing this just to just yeah. hurry up and be like, I'm just going to do this and get past it. Let me ask you this. When she suggested the feather, did any thought in your mind think like, man, I'm enough? 100%. I think that's the issue. Is we come at it, man, I'm enough. 
but I have to discover what's enough for them. Mm. Sex is supposed to be service. Yes, it really it is. is serving Facts. one another. And so you're you're hitting it. That that's the thing. Learning to serve one another and what feels like abuse, what feels like you're trying to make me do this, and what feels like service. And that's something that could take years. But the beauty of it is you got a lifetime to figure it out. There it is. It's this, it's this Amazon Prime <laughs> drive-through generation. Microwavable Microwave. I want, I'll pay $4.99 to get it now, <laughs> but it takes time to detox. Yes. Especially when you are detoxing together. Mm. It's easier to detox in singleness. It's harder together. Why you say it's harder together? Because your detox is affecting them. And your singleness, your detox is really something that you're dealing with, whatever. But if if I'm used to multiple women after the club and now I'm struggling to get an erection because my body has been classically conditioned to multiple women, yeah. well, that detox is going to affect you. Mm. Give me a minute, babe. Hold on a sec. Do this. Do that. That's affecting her. So it's easier, actually, to detox and singleness from perversion than it is to try to detox together. Not saying it's not possible, but the process um, it's a little easier. So you are saying, Jerry, that, <laughs> oh, Jerry, that what we're supposed to be doing in our single season. I'm not telling you nothing you're supposed to be doing. What you are saying what we're supposed <laughs> to do in our single season, what you are suggesting, what yeah. you are biblically speaking of, is that in our single season, we are not supposed to be masturbating. We're not supposed to be having unhealthy soul ties, having sex. I'm saying what the the Bible says and what mm -hmm. I strive. So shoot, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> don't, it's not Jerry's advice what Jerry thinks. I'm going to tell you what I did, okay, uh, to answer your question. When I got serious, because there's, there's like a for fake and there's like a for real. Yeah. I didn't know how much my flesh controlled me until I tried to control it. See, that's me right there. Yeah. So that 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 was me in 2020. I took a vow of abstinence, December 2020. I did it on my podcast. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And about six months into it, I said, mm. this don't make sense. Yeah. It, this just, just does not make sense. <laughs> I'm going against everything that my body is telling. God made my body like this. He made me a freak. This is what I'm supposed to be. <laughs> you know, he did this to me. And now yeah. he wants me to put it under control. You know, yeah. I started saying that stuff. And at the end of the day, now I'm in this season. Uh, started back in September. I said, you know what? Uh, you know, the gloves are off. I'm yeah. in total submission to what God wants me to do in this season. The gloves are off, and I'm just going to wrestle with God. And if I got to throw my hip out of socket wrestling with him, then yeah. I'm going to have to do that before my wife comes in because yeah. I have to kill that Goliath. Because God told me I'll never be faithful to my wife unless I first become faithful to him. Yeah. I mean, you're saying exactly what I'm articulating. It's that learning how to say no to my flesh. You see what I'm saying? Because here's the thing. Even in marriage, you have to learn how to say no. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, love is not always seen by what you do. It's also seen by what you don't do. Talk about it. And I'm telling you, so many couples that, that we have married, just because you say, I do at the altar, mm, talk. does not mean your flesh like, oh, we do too. <laughs> we do too. Your flesh like, bro, I've been running you for the last 31 years. Nothing changed because you said I do to him or I do to her. I'm still going to run you at night. Yeah. I'm still, And so that mindset of you're, at, at some point in your life, you're going to have to have self-government. There it is. At some point, you're going to have to have self-mastery. 
Talk about it. If you want to maintain health, trust, and a holistic covenant that you will not bring forth fear and abandonment mm. and insecurities, you're going to have to have a season where you have self-control. That's just facts. So regardless on how you think about, ah, oh, that's old school, that's old. Being a man of faith, I'm always going to say, okay, God's way is the best way. For me to say that his way is not the best way <laughs> is for me saying God's a liar. Exactly. You know how many people say the devil is a liar but then treat God like he is? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so for myself, when I really began this journey, I was like, okay, I'm for real. I'm for real, for real. It was a lot. It was hard. Like you were saying, that that difficult withdrawals. Yeah. All that is is your is the body's way of raging because the pattern has changed. Talk about it. That's it. It's so hard, man. I just want to. This is your body's response when a pattern has changed. It's normal. And I wish people said that more. Man, I'm so horny. That's normal. normal. Yep. That's what it feels like to have toxicity leaving the body. Mm. Now, this is the good thing about God. I do believe that God knows how long you could hold out. Yeah, yeah. Because in that season, it was tough. A year and a half later, boom, I met Tanisha. And it's easier when you know, okay, July of 20, <laughs> you know, 12, it's going down. <laughs> it was easier. Um, but I do understand how it could be difficult for somebody who has no prospect, no candidate, nobody in your DMs, yeah. nobody showing up. Not even the Amazon man throwing your box, hardly knocking. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Uh, but at the end of the day, man. Uh, he said throwing your box, not even knocking. Yeah. So how long did you date Tanisha before you uh, got, before, well, how long did you date her before you knew she was the one? A year. A year? Yeah. It was just a year. It doesn't take a man long. Yeah. She said something to me and actually made this hoodie for me. She told me, uh, I'm a king amongst men. I never heard that before in my life. She called you a king amongst men. men. You imagine a woman telling you that. <laughs> Absence is gone right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Call no. me a king. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> no, man. Um, I correlated to boxing. That's that's my favorite sport. Uh, people think that the fighters, the outcome of the fight is just due to how hard he trained and all that. It's a part of it. But it's really that dude in that corner, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know from just sparring and stuff that your cornerman tells you stuff that you didn't see. You keep dropping your left, Jay. Yeah. Every time you keep dropping your left, keep your left up. So I correlated what my wife told me as a cornerman. I need that in my ear for the rest of my life. Woo! Goodness gracious. For the rest of my life, I need somebody to constantly remind me of who I am. And then somebody, oh, I shouldn't take all that. You're not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> You're not grace for me. You're not called for me. That's what I needed. What every man needs is different. You see what I'm saying? Uh-uh, I shouldn't take all that. That is for you. Uh-uh, that man like this. All men are trash. No, your man's trash. <laughs> your man's suspect. Don't project that on us. Everybody somebody, oh, they shouldn't do that. Okay, you may not be grace for them. Exactly. Right. That's too much for you, okay? It's not too much for Miss Flowers. So you said that was a year in that she said that? That was, it was a year, year in. that you pulled the trigger. I was, uh, she told me that in August, I proposed to her in November. We got married in July. So it was. So the whole courtship was a year and a half? Yeah. From the day and that no, you met her and the day you got married? Nobody knew but our uh, leaders and our parents. We didn't post it. We didn't tell nobody. We To them, we just popped up engaged. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned, bro, like, like, I think dating is like laying concrete, right? Yeah. If you. If you allow everybody to walk on it when it dries, all their footprints on it. Ooh. You know? So it's like, let, let's, 
lay it. So that when it dries, y'all can walk on it, but it won't impact us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we really did keep it private. But I think when you're so caught up on what people think, you'll post counterfeits and then suffer later due to the share your memories. You know? Let me tell you something. You asked for this, No, bro. Jared, Jared, Jared. You done, you done <laughs> said something, old Jared. You said... That is like pretty much like wet concrete. That yeah. the more you keep letting people in these social media streets be able to have an opinion about your relationship, yeah. while you're still building it and still developing it, yeah. then all these footprints. And that's why I always say that a lot of times when people go on these reality shows and you have mm -hmm. these housewives of this, or all this stuff, and their yeah. marriages just crumble, it's yeah. because they didn't have a solid foundation to begin with. And now everybody else is putting their opinion on it. And then that affects the marriage. And then they end up falling apart. Anyway, That's, you can say what you want to say. We solid. I don't think say what you want. You're not grace for him. You know, you're not grace for her. We're grace for each other. Mm -hmm. So your opinions really don't matter. Oh, I don't think that he should. We're solid. <laughs> now, just imagine if we're not sure and everybody walking on it. We're going to have arguments off of what somebody posted. What somebody else said. Right. Why you can't be like him? <laughs> In the movie, why you can't be like him? He not even like him. He, that's a role. That's a role. <laughs> you know, allowing culture and people's opinions to walk on wet concrete. It will always dry, and you have the residue of their perspective. Oh, God, nah. that's good. Keep it private till it's permanent. Ooh, keep yeah. it private till it's permanent. Yeah, get that. Get that confirmation. I'm trying not to run and tear up all these cameras in the studio. Up, Let me tell you something. You <laughs> said keep it private until it's permanent. You don't have to I've, always, I've always said that. I said whoever God designs for me with this platform that God has built, I'm not. You're going you're going, you're going to see it when. I said I'm going to let them in on the engagement. I ain't going to do a, a Jerry pop-up and we we married. You know, they be like, oh, we, we supposed to be a part of the journey. But they will they will see the engagement. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll drop that that in, uh, engagement video because, shoot, three months later we'll be married anyway. Yeah. You know, uh, it ain't going to be. You already no, know. Oh, I already know. It ain't going to be no long process. I'll say six months, six months and stretching a year that we're going to be married from the day that God says this is the one. You know, that scares women. I get it all the time. He said he's my wife. I know they heard it before, but that scares them. Did you know that? Like, if you hit so, them like, you know what, I already know, babe, we're going to get married in six months. I'm telling you now. That almost is like a trigger to a lot, especially if they heard it before. Because yes. my wife heard it before. Yes, if they've heard it before, yes. Yeah, she was like, a dude told me he was going to marry me before. I don't believe all that. Yeah. For real. Yeah. And I said, I ain't him. <laughs> I'm not him. <laughs> Seriously, but I'm the more and more I do premarital counseling, that is a huge trigger for a man to tell you, I'm going to marry you. Isn't that crazy? That's, a, that's the thing that they said they wanted they the most want. is a man to be intentional. Then a man is intentional. You'd be like, ah, no, nah, I don't want to hear that. You said uh, it too fast. Be yeah. like, well, hey. all right, well, tell me what I'm supposed to tell you this then. <laughs> it goes back to the genesis of our conversation that the, the residue in the afterbirth of a counterfeit is fear. Mm. It's scary, man. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary. You know, that's why I tell couples, don't you dare go to the altar and not be sure. I that's the scariest feeling in the world for you to spend all these thousands of dollars. <laughs> I'm up here sweating doing your, you know, marriage, and you're not sure. Have you experienced that? Several couples. I tell them I won't marry you if you're not sure. <laughs> I want you have to because this is my this is my understanding on it. You're gonna go through trials. Yes. You're gonna have hard stuff happen in marriage, loss of parents, 
when you have the confirmation that you know this is God's will, you never question if you made a mistake. You see? So even when it gets hard, when it gets difficult, terrible things can happen. God forbid, miscarriages, layoffs, loss of parents. Yeah. You'll never question your spouse because you were confirmed before it. Now, when you're not confirmed before it. Everything it goes back to that. 2020 pandemic. <laughs> I shouldn't have married you in the first place. <laughs> Why didn't you plan? <laughs> yeah. So it, it that confirmation is a keeper when it gets tough. Yeah. Yeah. God. Oh. Like when I just huh, when you think about so you tell me, even though you waited a year to get confirmation that that was your wife, mm -hmm. you said that now was still a trigger even a year later? Well, because that wasn't soon for for her. A guy told her she was going to marry her, and she really believed him. She really liked him, um, and he went ghost on her. But how soon in the relationship? I think she, this was like probably a year and a half, almost two years. I came two years after that. So still, I get, you know, for the heart, still fresh. It don't yeah. matter if it was 24 months. Yeah. Um, but that, she wouldn't, <laughs> she wouldn't talk anything about the wedding. I would be mentioning the marriage <laughs> stuff. She said, I don't want to talk about none of that. Until there's a ring on my finger, we ain't talking about none of that. Like, literally, Jerry was limited in the full access of Tanisha until I fully committed. Like, there was a wall. No, you know, no sex. No, it, yeah. not, you are not getting this part of me until you commit to me. But that was hot to me. You know, a, lot, that because... a lot of females, you don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to commit. <laughs> you commit to the bedroom. <laughs> you can commit to these bills, you know, commit to spoiling me, you know, but commit to me, you know, so that. that so did you see some unlock when you proposed to her? Yeah, she was very, a whole, uh, the touch she increased. She was more affectionate, um, more open with a lot of different things. Uh, before the engagement, we had things called Dirty Nights where we would, we would talk about our, most ugliest stuff in our life, molestation, all that stuff. Let's get it all out the way. That's good. Let's not hide it. Get it all That's out. That's good. Um, but what I noticed even more after I said, okay, will you marry me? The trust and the allowing me to lead increased. Mm. It's like the allowing. Because there was just resistance, you know. But I respect it because I do believe that there should be an upgrade in marriage. What... What are you experiencing now that you didn't while we were dating? Can you name anything? <laughs> what do you have access to now that you did not before we got engaged and married? So, but I needed that. I needed, I, I wanted a woman of value. I wanted a woman of standards and it was attractive to me. Yeah. You know, because yeah. uh, in the world where everything is easy, it's rare to find one that still has standards. Mm. So, yeah. And standards that match yours. What did your, you got a corner man in your life. You got a person that operates and when y'all are together, it's like a, it's a dynamic duo. Um, did you foresee this as a single man, um, as a Christian single man, as a PK, did you see what God was going to do for you in marriage? <clears throat> I didn't think, uh, I didn't think into it that deep. You know, I didn't think um, what we're going to do. Only thing I really knew 
was I was going to be a pastor. I stopped running, stopped fighting because I was like, never doing that. I've seen too much. <laughs> church, yeah. church could be yeah. It's it's treacherous. What I call brutal. Yeah, it's brutal, and it could it could harden your heart and and turn your view of God in a way that you could almost be agnostic or atheist. Yeah, you know. So um, all once I fully accepted the call, I just knew I needed a a wife who would suit a pastor's life. Mm. So it made it easier for me. Okay, that's not it. That's not it. That's because I knew like, yeah. I took that assignment. So I didn't have the full spectrum of what it is now, but I did know what um, I would need for the calling that God gave me. Does she have some type of quality, some type of something in her Heck that yeah. you can watch to be like, oh, I need this, whether it's an administrative side, whether it was she, when y'all talking about the word, she can bounce back with you like, oh, she got a little preacher in her. Like, yeah. was it, was yeah. it those little signs <laughs> that, that popped I, up? I inspect it. Look, I, I have this, this concept that I believe. I believe that uh, men, they're really inspecting and women are interviewing. It's like, okay, she's trying to see, is he an enterprise? I'm trying to see if you're worthy of joining my enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to see, is, you know, does he mean what he's saying or is he just, is he an enterprise or just recreation? Because recreation, you just want to play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So she was going to mission trips to uh, Tanzania. She was teaching and preaching in um, juvenile detention centers. She had 12 women that she had at her house um, every Saturday that she would disciple. I had to catch her. Like, I had to call me this time. You know, I had to literally catch her. She didn't slow down for me, you know. I had to catch her. So all of that, bro, I saw the serving, and I knew that my life was going to be all about serving people. And so when I was asking questions, like, yeah, man, she the first one in church. Yeah, last one to leave. Yeah, she always helping. Okay, yeah, that sounds real pastor's wife, like, you know, serving and loving people. And so that was kind of what I was doing. I wanted to see the fruit before I even told her. She didn't even know. I just was watching and asking questions and asking people there, asking the musicians, and just I wanted to see. You Gosh, know? I love that. It's, oh, I love that. It's oh, true. I love that. I love it. I love it. You over yeah. scouting. Yeah, I did some research. <laughs> but think about it. But that's, that's what they do for athletes. They will literally go talk to their coaches. Yeah. They will go check their grade. Before you even know that they're scouting you, they're yeah. coming up. They're sitting at the game like this just watching you, yeah. seeing how you uh, whether or not you're going to get injured, see how yeah. you bounce back from your injury, see yeah. how you play in an injury. Yeah. And they're just watching everything. And the next yeah. thing they know, they come to you, and they already got the, your, your whole life plan mm -hmm. for you. <laughs> And you're like, what in the world? How, yeah. how you know me? You know, man, I've been watching you since you was in the seventh grade. And you're man. like, what? You're like, how'd yeah. you know? I've been watching you for, since the seventh grade. But in marriage, we don't do that. We no. we go we go look on the Instagram like, oh, she fine. I think that's wifey. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, what <laughs> what what, what about that says that you're supposed to wife that? You know what I'm saying? Forever is a long time to not be observant. Forever is a, a long, long time, time to not I be observed. I don't even think, do people think forever anymore? No, they don't. Because <laughs> like they, they don't. I'm going to tell you, because on our jobs, we don't think, like back in the day, people will work at jobs for, they'll get that yeah. one good job and they work in their 30, 40 years. Yeah. Now people switch with the next, somebody can offer them $5,000 more Facts. than the last job. Now, oh, let me go. Facts. Like they have no loyalty whatsoever. So Ugh. when you see where there's no loyalty, even where you're getting fed and making money, then in other stuff, the first sign of any type of turmoil or dissension is like, you know what, I can do bad about myself. 
yourself, you know, yeah. and then they hop off. 80% of divorces are led by women. Yeah. You know, uh, women are literally making more money now than a lot of men. So they're like, what I need you here for? You yeah. know what I'm saying? They'll go, they'll shoot you to do some move on about their business. Yeah. And, and you really don't know if somebody's loyal until they have opportunities. Mm -hmm. You really don't. Hold on. You said you don't know unless they have opportunities? You don't. They're loyal to me. Have they had opportunities that seem better than you? <laughs> Until that happens, you don't know if somebody's loyal. And one of those videos I did, man, I, I said, we're living in an opportunist society. Yeah. They're not loyal to you. They're loyal to opportunities. Yeah. I'm an opportunist. Any opportunity seems better, I'm out. <laughs> and, hey, you, you're breaking ice on something there because I think that's how it is with marriage. You know? One of my homegirls was talking to me today. She said she was she thought I had dated this one particular girl. And I said, well, I would never date her. He said, I said, you didn't. I said, no, nah, I never date her. I said, because <laughs> I know that she's uh she'll just go to the highest bidder. Yeah. I said, I said, I know that the minute I said I knew that from the from the jump, somebody else that's gonna give her, hey, I'm gonna give you a G Wagon. She gone. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I yeah. said, I know that that's the type of woman <laughs> she is, so why would yeah. I even set myself up for, for failure like mm -hmm. that? And it was like, oh yeah. And they're like, yeah, I can see it. I was like, nah. I said, there's a lot of women out there who are literally opportunists that's yeah. looking for the next come up. Yeah. You know, and she can, I could be her goal in 2022, but after she reached me as a goal, then she's like, oh, I seen this. I'm going to level up to another level. And I'll be yeah. like, nah, you ain't going to be disposable. My heart ain't going to be disposable like that. Yeah. So I, I want character. Yeah. And the, the, the thing, too, is every level is a ceiling of another level. If you think about it, every level, so there is never there. Yes. <laughs> Once you get there, that's just the It's floor. ever evolving. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So would you rather risk leaving this floor and go to that level when that level's not going to go up anymore? <laughs> or be faithful and committed to this floor that's going to be like an elevator Ooh! and keep rising? You see what I'm saying? But you don't know that if you're not faithful. Man, you said something I never even, that's a word. Which yeah. part? We don't think forever anymore. No. No. We don't, we don't even think really covenant. At all. We don't think forever to death do its part. And I know for a fact it's not for better, for worse. It's for better, for better. <laughs> for better, for better. Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> I, I know from just conversation, I'm like, okay, yeah, I did this. You're supposed to. You, you, you said <laughs> in sickness and health. Yeah, but it's you, keep your word. Why you want a trophy for bare minimum? Why do you want a trophy? Because I'm telling you, the way society is, we get participation awards now. Ooh. You get kids that will get an award for doing absolutely nothing <laughs> and raising my sons. I be telling them, you don't get no participation awards over. I don't, I don't care what it is. We we not doing this. I'm not I'm not raising no weak men. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, because at the end of the day, that's what the culture has been. Ooh. Don't be hard. Let everybody, you know, even though they didn't win, give everybody a ribbon. No, you didn't earn that ribbon. You yeah. got to see. What what it feels like to sit here and watch somebody else celebrate yeah. and have the 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 spiritual uh aptitude to be able to celebrate somebody else's win when it's not even your season absolutely and so i teach my sons i'll be like That's hold good. on don't be hating celebrate celebrate yeah. because when you celebrate someone else in their celebration season god sees that and he's going to elevate you because that may be the very thing that is necessary for your elevation is your celebration that's so good man that's so good. I'm, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, I, I say all the time, man, God always drops next level in front of you before you go next level. Talk about it. Why, though? For you to take notes, not take offense. 
Think about it. Before David ever sat on the throne, he was in the palace with King Saul on the throne. <laughs> I'm going to show you what's yours before it's yours. Ruth in the field. You're not even married to Boaz yet, but I'm going to show you what's yours before it's yours. So if you have the right perspective, um, when people celebrate, I kind of view it like uh, if, mm. you, if you got a package coming and you see UPS, I'm not tripping that they got it first. <laughs> Good. He on my street. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, mine coming? Great. I see him on the street. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, listen, man, Jerry, let me tell you something. Thank you so much. Oh, Jesus, I'm full right now. When I say I'm going to watch this episode over and over again because I'm going to need it through these this cuffing season, yeah. it gets cold out here in these streets, <laughs> you know, and I'm going I'm to I'm watch it. I'm going to watch it over and over again because you've dropped some amazing gems that let me know that, um, you know, the scripture says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning, that yeah. our mornings are coming if we go through this season properly. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of people are speaking and they're manifesting, they're, they're desiring their future husband and future wives, uh, And but we keep getting these placeholders that as long as we got something in our hand, God can't put something in our hand. Yeah. And so we got to be <clears> able to release it. So in closing, what, what, what would you like to say to the people? Um, kind of just piggyback on off what you said. I, I'm a man that always looks to nature to preach to me. Um, Talk about we, it. We are in fall, right? And I believe nature is showing us something. Look how beautiful it is to let, look how beautiful it is to let things go. Mm. Some of those beautiful pictures are taken during fall. Mm. And it's actually the season of letting things go so that I could prepare to endure a harder season so that I could come back fresh in the spring. So Mm. Um, if, if we're not properly managing our winter, the seasons will shift, but you won't. You ever seen a tree that's fully blossomed and another one right next to it is barren? Yes. Same winter, same soil. One just couldn't shift. So being able to recognize the seasons are going to change and God hears your prayers and he knows what you need and what you want more than you ever do. This is something I'm constantly reminding myself now is, God is more concerned about what I'm concerned about than I could ever be. Mm. So obviously there's something that he's trying to teach me so that when he gives me whatever it is, relationship, promotion, I won't ruin it because I wasn't prepared. We preach too much about it's your season that people don't know how to navigate when it's not. Oh, God. So, yeah. Endure. Just bring me back, bro. Bring me back. We'll, we'll do it again. Bring me back. Jerry, let me tell you something, man. Boy, I, I, I'm trying not to cry right now. Because it was something that you just released that just gave me uh, gave me a, a, a second wind. Uh, mm -hmm. But it also gave me a layer of uh, conviction of, of saying that you're on the right page. Just keep enduring. And when you yeah. said just endure... Um, and and I it brings to mind the scripture that says endure hardship like a good soldier. Yeah. That if we are mm -hmm. soldiers in the army of the Lord, we can't be weak Christians where we get our first sign of adversity and we want to fold and give in. Right. Uh, but um, it's time for us to to endure. Yeah. And endurance. Uh, being able to endure brings endurance, and yeah. we need endurance to finish the race. Come on! And so uh, I'm trying not to preach right now, but you done, <laughs> you done, you done, you done spoke hey. something, and you released something in the atmosphere that, uh, uh, yeah. So, so let me just say this. Go ahead, so brother. The definition that I like to use for 
endure is making a commitment to remain even once the desire to remain has left. <clears throat> Just endure. Say it again. Say it again. Endure is a commitment to remain even once the desire to remain has left. God, that's good. You don't get the fruit the same day you plant the seed. Endure. How can people be connected to you? Jerry Flowers, uh, Junior, uh, Redefine TV. Those are all my social media tags, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to put a link uh, to your pages uh, in the bio. Um, I'm trying to let you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to drag it out. I'm going to talk real slow. Good. I'm going to put the link to the YouTube in the bio. Um like I said, I watch a lot of your stuff and I just it just pops up at the perfect time for me to just take those little morsels in. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Um, but I love to see how you and your wife do life together. Uh, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful to behold. Um, so, man, keep doing what you're doing. Keep loving that queen like you do. Keep building yeah. legacy with your offspring and raising raising kingdom-minded, purpose-driven uh, kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I'm just proud of you. You know, Thank one you. black man to, to another that um, you don't realize how you're shining light and how people are gleaning insight and wisdom from something that you may just say and you may say it in a 60 second video yeah. but uh that 60 second is impacting the lifetime and so uh keep Appreciate doing what you're that. doing king uh i'm proud of you thank and uh y'all give it up for old jerry flowers y'all thank you <laughs> yes sir yes sir ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015 my nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just two many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible.
Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Man, when I tell you I love chopping it up with my brothers, man, Jerry Flowers, man, thank you for coming on the podcast. You know, it's been a long time coming, uh, but God definitely showed up in this episode. So hopefully y'all found a lot of value out of this episode because I know I did. I'm going to be taking a lot of these gems with me as I journey through this cuffing season. And I want to please God in all of my ways. Um, the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge God, and he will direct your path. So I'm looking for God to direct me, you know. Um, so that's what that is. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, this season of my life is all about discipline and submission. I'm pursuing the heart of God as groundwork in preparation to pursue your heart. I will no longer settle for sedatives quick fixes, temporary love interests. I'm investing into our forever by humbly unearthing any and everything not like God in my life. I got a sneak peek into our future. Our purpose is to bring healing to this hurting world. The Lord intrinsically created us for this divine purpose. Many will gravitate to our ministry due to our love journey. They will witness a miraculous move of God through simply detailing our confirmation we were each other's purpose partners. I look forward to doing life with you. We were created for this. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently. 
and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.